Welcome to show number 2334 of Eyes on Success, a weekly program covering a wide variety of topics of interest to people with vision loss. I'm Nancy Goodman Torpy. And I'm Pete Torpy. And of course, these books can be useful resources for other people, even besides professionals. Give us some examples of who else might benefit from the skills one would learn by reading these books. But I think people who pursue hobbies, people who are active in their, you know, local organizations or whatever, they might need to make flyers. And if you're one of those people, you'll certainly want to listen to today's episode. Creating impactful documents and presentations is important for connecting with sighted individuals in all walks of life. We'll talk with Judy Dixon about her latest two books, Designing Documents for Appearance, that talks mostly about Word documents, and The Power of PowerPoint, both of which give tips on how those who are visually impaired can produce effective material. But first, for our tip of the week. This week's tip relates to why it's important to create good-looking documents and presentations. So in just a bit, we'll be talking about some of your tips for formatting documents and presentations so that they make a good impression on sighted people. But you also have some good reasons for doing that. Yes. And I think if you, at this point, if you don't use any of them, that makes a big impression too. And it makes the impression that you you don't really care. You don't really want to put in the effort to make an appealing presentation. And I think that's the really important thing for blind users and professionals. Support for Eyes on Success is provided by Clusive, an e-learning platform built for the blind community to learn technology, occupational, and career skills to help you reach your employment goals. More information is at www.clusive.io. That's www.clusiv.io. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. Let's start by meeting Judy. Today's guest has been on the show with us many times before. In fact, we just looked it up using our search feature on our website, and she's been with us seven times before and always has something useful and interesting to talk about. But for people who may not know you, Judy, perhaps you can introduce yourself and tell us what you're up to now. I am so happy to hear there may be someone who doesn't know me. <laughs> I'm Judy Dixon, and I am, again, writing books. I guess that's what I'm going to talk about today. But I am sort of retired and still dabbling in work at NLS, but I'm doing a lot of other things. I'm very involved with the International Council on English Braille. I'm currently serving as president of that organization, and that's a big part of my activities these days, as well as writing and anything else that uh, happens to suit me. And you are a Braille user yourself. I am a Braille user, very much so. And you've been with the NLS for a long time. I started in 1981. Well, congratulations for all the service you provided to people like us who make great use of those services. 
Eyes on Success is made possible in part by our corporate partners. Underwriting pairs the impact of targeted marketing with the integrity of community goodwill. Learn more by sending an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. This week's focus topic is Judy Dixon's latest two books, Designing Documents for Appearance and The Power of PowerPoint, and how you can create effective documents and presentations when using a screen reader. Well, today, Judy, we want to talk about two recent books that you've written. And I thought the topics were particularly important. One of them is on formatting Word documents, and another one is putting together PowerPoint presentations. And it occurs to me that both of those skills are very useful in a professional environment when you want to make a good impression on your colleagues. So tell us the titles of the books, and then we can talk about what each one contains and why it's so useful. Okay. The one about Word is called Designing Documents for Appearance, Using a Screen Reader to Create Eye-Catching Newsletters, Flyers, Certificates, and More. And your PowerPoint book? And the PowerPoint book is called The Power of PowerPoint, Using a Screen Reader to Create Attention-Grabbing Presentations. And these often go hand in hand for a professional who has to write reports. That's one way of conveying information to their colleagues. But then frequently, you also have to give an oral presentation and most cited audience members just love having visuals to look at. And that's where PowerPoint comes in. They do. Although the idea came first as the word book and the word book, there's a lot of documents, books, tutorials, you name it, that have to do on how to use word, but they talk about how to move the cursor around and how to get to the top of the document, the bottom of the document and things like that. But there's very little out there on how to make your documents look good, about those visual things, about fonts. And this book gets into fonts and styles and templates and how to use those things to enhance your document. Color and white space. How important is white space? Who knows what white space is? Why do you need? We don't white space. Who needs that? So it was about just everything to do with what a document looks like, and especially what a document looks like when it's printed um, with backgrounds and things like that. And then the PowerPoint book, though, does start more with the basics of how to use PowerPoint. You know, when you first launch it, new presentation, what do you get? How do you choose your options? Because I really thought that a whole lot of blind folks like myself knew a lot more about Word than we ever did about PowerPoint. I had used PowerPoint as a end user of a slideshow that someone else created, or I often kind of took the easy way out and created my slides, my the text that I wanted on them, and then gave them to a clerical staff member and said, please put this into PowerPoint. And they did that. But I didn't know the how, how do you put it into PowerPoint? And that's what the PowerPoint book really focuses on is how to put it into PowerPoint. And by just putting it into PowerPoint, there's a matter of how does it look good? Having fancy kinds of bullets. And then it gets into how to have audio, how to have your PowerPoint slides 
fade into each other and look like they're pages of a book turning and look like they're blowing in the breeze. And there's, there are so many visual effects that you can add to PowerPoint. I, and they really, all the professionals warn you terribly, you know, don't overuse this stuff. You, you'll, you'll look like an idiot. And I'm sure that's true. But a lot of it really was quite fun. And you can put a lot of audio in PowerPoint. It's really, really cool. Those are great tools to have at one's disposal. You know, I think of blind professionals and they're often reading documents or listening to presentations, but they mostly hear things through speech. Or sometimes if they're fortunate, they have a Braille display, but that doesn't convey all the layout information and fonts and colors very easily. So they're not really sensitive to that. But sighted people really are. I mean, the first impression of a document is what does it look like overall before they even start reading the document? Or when they see a presentation on a uh, display screen, you know, what does it look like? How is it all formatted? What font are people using? Can you actually read the font? Those are important issues. And the issue of what does that font mean? I mean, the, the idea of a font being playful or a font being serious or a font being traditional that's kind of hard to wrap your head around if you haven't looked at fonts ever. Right, but they do make a big impression. In fact, I remember going to physics conferences years ago with Nancy and my other colleagues, and when some of these tools were first available, you mentioned that you may not want to use all these effects all the time. People were initially exposed to these effects, and they figured, oh, I'm going to use them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And people were looking at me. I couldn't see the presentations. They would look at me and say, this is horrible. He's using like 20 different colors and sizes or the print's too small. I can't see it. And don't complain to me. I'm the blind one. I'm just listening. You know? So you do have to be careful with you know, overusing some of the tools and effects. But to use some of them can really make a big initial impression. And I think if you, at this point, if you don't use any of them, that makes a big impression too. And it makes the impression that you, you don't really care. You don't really want to put in the effort to make an appealing presentation. And I think that's the really important thing for, for blind users and professionals. For anybody who doesn't know, Pete is totally blind and I'm fully sighted. So I'm like, the other one in the room, and I see these effects, and it never occurred to me to flat out state what you just said. You know, yes, you can just copy and paste all of the text in all of the same black font on a clear background into your PowerPoint, and you're right. It does give the impression that you didn't care enough to make it a presentation, something that people are going to see on the screen. And you don't have to get so fancy that it's like, you know, it's going to win awards for its creativity. You just have to do enough to look decent and respectable. Right. Make a bold heading. Yes. Put a colored background, but still leave it with sufficient contrast so that everybody can read it. And templates are really a great way to go. And uh, you can and you can choose in PowerPoint, you can choose themes which have colors that already go together, fonts that go with those colors, bullet shapes that are already chosen for you. And if you use these themes, you have a lot of this stuff that some professional designer decided all this stuff looks good together. And that's quite a convenient way to do it. And the challenge was 
what can I determine from my screen reader? Can I tell what font I'm in? Can I tell what style is being used? Can I tell how big the type is? And yes, you can tell a lot of this stuff. I talk about how to do all this with JAWS and NVDA. And yes, you can, but you can't do everything. And there are more and more, you can get some brief descriptions of the graphics because I talk about using things like word art, which are kind of clever ways to display. If you have a list, you can put your list in a whole graphic fancy box and again, have nice bullets. And it's a way to graphicize, if that's a word, probably isn't your text. And you can get some idea of what you're doing individually, but some of the stuff sometimes it needs a little bit of sighted assistance if you really want to understand it completely. Well, and speaking of sighted assistance, I think you need to select carefully who your sighted assistant is, who you ask to review your document and see if it's good. Because some sighted people are just, you know, well, I don't want to make him feel bad, so I'm not going to tell him everything that's wrong. Well, they are, but I think I think as experienced blind people, all of us know who to ask and who not to. I mean, I think we know who's going to say, oh, yeah, it looks fine. Well, we know when it looks fine just means, you know, either I don't want to say or I don't know or, or I don't want to hurt your feelings or whatever. But I would think almost every blind professional or even every blind person has a discerning friend who they know. I know this person will tell me the truth. I mean, I certainly do. I have a colleague that I've worked with on a lot of my books, and um, every um, acknowledgement is filled with, you know, thanks to Neil Bernstein, who knows everything. He's a geek. He's a professional, technical person, but he's also very good with language and very good with appearance. And he was he's just so helpful to me at looking at stuff. And I know he'll tell me the truth. So, Judy, what was your initial motivation for writing these books? Was it for your own use professionally at NLS, or did you have other readers say, hey, Judy, how about writing a book on this? Well, it's interesting. I've now written 17 books, and I'm running out of ideas, to be honest with you. And most of the books have come because they're a book about something I wanted. And to this day, I still go and consult my own books. I, mean, I look things up in my books when I want to know something, you know, um, some new thing about audio description or some, I wrote a book about writing with the iPhone and I look stuff up in that book all the time. It's nice to have all these reference books around on topics that I happen to be interested in anyway. And doing something on word and how word graphics i mean the the most fun for me when i do write a book is not to write about something i already know a lot about because it's pretty boring to do that there's it's not all that motivating i just write it down but what i enjoy is a book where i have a good starting knowledge i mean i i've been a pretty comfortable word user for years, but I didn't know very much about word graphics and and a lot of the visual, I mean, I certainly knew about fonts. I've been an Opticon user for a long time, which is another whole story. So I did know about printed fonts and that sort of thing, but I certainly didn't know much of it. 
And so the fact that there was so much for me to learn and research and try and, and it was something that was fun. And then the PowerPoint book just kind of grew out of that because, well, as exactly as Nancy said early on, it's a matter of if you use a document, if you have a document, you know, and you're going to make a presentation about your document, you're going to need a PowerPoint to do that. And so they they do go together. And and then PowerPoint, I knew even less about. So that was the the really, really fun. The power, the word book was actually a difficult book to write. I had to do a lot of research. I got some great help from Freedom Scientific and JAWS. And they actually met with me and gave me a lot of tips and pointers on how to manage graphics and JAWS. I was going to say, particularly being a totally blind person yourself, it's enough work to learn the mechanics of doing what you want to in Word and editing and presentations and PowerPoint. But to do some of this graphic stuff and know what it looked like reliably was a lot more work and skills you had to learn. It is, and that's all true. But what I did a lot, you might not want to put this part in the interview. Um, <laughs> what I did a lot was print it and then either look at it with the Opticon or I also have a tactile image enhancer. So I'm able to run it through on this you know, special photopolymer paper and get a raised image. And I did that when I was working on the templates and I wanted to get a sense of what, a, like, like a certificate, you know, where is the graphic? Where is the text? And I'd, I'd print it and make a raised image and look at it. That's terrific. Did you make use of any of the services like Be My Eyes or any of the AI tools that we've got where they can describe the image to you? Yes, I do use Ira um, often for things like that. And that's very helpful. I mean, they're trained professionals too. And they're, you know, Ira agents are pretty good at not just saying, oh, that looks fine. I mean, they will, they'll give you a pretty good description of what's there and and tell you the truth if your your green and blue don't look well together. You mentioned the Opticon several times, and that's a device that came out years ago that I don't even know if there's many more of them around these days. But unlike using speech or Braille, no matter how good you are with that, the Opticon is a unique way of perceiving the format on a page. Can you describe the Opticon quickly for people who may not know about that device? Sure. The Opticon is a way to get a tactile image of what's on a page. And it's a, it's a box that's about the size of a good-sized hardcover book with a camera on a cord. And you run the camera across the printed text or image, whatever it is, and it converts it to a vibrating tactile image. And that image is about an inch wide and about two and a half, three inches high. It's an array of vibrating pins and they keep your finger still and move the camera across the page and the image moves across your finger and you can feel what's being displayed. It's a device I use every day. It was popular in the 70s and 80s. They haven't been made since 1985. Um, you'll occasionally see one on eBay. Um, it's a great tragedy that it's a device that lost its favor and blind people don't have a way to have direct access to print. And I mean direct. 
<laughs> we do things like my husband and I are both totally blind. And so, you know, when things happen, I mean, these days now with Ira, yeah, sure, fine. You can probably do most of the things we've done for years with our Opticon. Like, you know, we we needed our oven needed to be repaired and they wanted the serial number. Well, the serial number was on a plate inside the oven. And, you know, I reached into the oven with my Opticon camera, read the serial number and and we were away. Now do that with a scanner. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one time reading the manufacturer and, and model number of our ceiling fan because we had to get a new globe for it. So, you know, I, I guess, you know, you wait for a sighted person to come around or you can use the tools that you have at hand. Well, these books sound like great tools, particularly for professionals in that kind of environment, because communication and communicating your ideas is so important. You can have the best ideas in the world, but if you can't communicate them to your colleagues, it doesn't do anybody any good. And of course, these books can be useful resources for other people, even besides professionals. Give us some examples of who else might benefit from the skills one would learn by reading these books. But I think people who pursue hobbies, people who are active in their, you know, local organizations or whatever, they might need to make flyers, they might need to to do things. I, I give as an example, um, somebody was uh, wanting to have a bake sale and, and the blind person offered, okay, I'll make the flyer and made the flyer for the bake sale and the whole the the one of the examples that I work through is is how to make a flyer for a bake sale with images of summer berries, and it's uh, not just professionals. I think I think any blind person who who really wants to be involved and and likes to use their computer to create things and these are great options. You said you had to learn a lot in order to write each of these books. What were some of the really nifty things that you learned about? creating documents in Word or PowerPoint? I had not done much with styles and templates. And that's one of the things that I learned a lot in Word and, and now use it all the time. And I had not used those kinds of things very much before. Um, I haven't used PowerPoint a great deal since I wrote the book. So that transference of learning hasn't been nearly as significant as things I learned in Word. So these are great books that people can make use of these days. What is your next book going to be about? Do you have more ideas in the pipeline? I do. One of the things, as a lifelong blind person, I, as a younger person, I did have some vision. I know what colors are, things like that. But I have never been able to see well enough to see facial expressions, um, gestures, that sort of thing. I was reading a book the other day and somebody said he blew her a kiss. How do you do that? I wouldn't have a clue if I wanted to blow somebody a kiss, how to do it. And all of those things having to do with gestures, you know, okay, I'm at a corner. There's a car stopped. I want that car to move so that I can cross the street. You know, how do you gesture? Go ahead, go, go on. And there are ways to do that. One of the challenges for a blind person, we can do all, all kinds of gestures, but we don't always know if the sighted person is looking at us, but we can at least try. And I, this next book is going to be this whole subject of 
Not so much. There's going to be some about body language and the, the importance of body language, but it's going to be a lot about hand and arm gestures and how to do these things. That is great because that's something, as you point out, if you are unable to see those things, you really haven't built up the paradigm of what gestures are the appropriate gestures? What are the appropriate poses when you're talking to somebody? Where do you look when you're talking to somebody, et cetera? <laughs> There's a lot to it, and uh, it, it'll be really fun. Well, we look forward to your next book also. It'll be the less technical book that I wrote, but uh, it'll be fun to go that direction too. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. Now for this week's final item, how to get Judy Dixon's books and how to contact her. Well, Judy, remind our listeners of the names of your two books and then tell us where they can get them. All right. These two books are from National Braille Press and they are available in hard copy Braille, BRF, electronic Braille, Daisy Text and Word. The title of the book about Word is called Designing Documents for Appearance Using a Screen Reader to Create Eye-Catching Newsletters, Flyers, Certificates, and More. And Word is not in the title of that book, but that's what it's about. And then the other one is The Power of PowerPoint, Using a Screen Reader to Create Attention-Grabbing Presentations. Well, and it sounds like Lots of people can avail themselves of the knowledge and skills that they can learn about in those books. So thanks for writing those. All right. And if somebody wanted to contact you, how would they be able to do that? The best way is my email address, judy at judydixon.net. That's J-U-D-Y at J-U-D-Y-D-I-X-O-N dot net. Do you have a social media presence? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Not everybody does. We prefer email as well. Yes, thank you. So Judy mentioned that she's written 17 books so far, and we have interviewed her about many, but not all of those. In particular, we've interviewed her about fitness, taking photographs and videos, 31 Cool Things You Can Do With Your Phone, Accessible Games for iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch, and Using the Camera, not so much to take pictures, but for getting accessibility. And she has also written other books that we did not interview her about, about writing on an iPhone or iPad, identifying and labeling, audio description, getting visual assistance, etc. And if you missed any of the contact information or you're interested in any of the previous episodes in which we interviewed Judy about her books, you should find the show notes for this episode, which is 2334 at www.eyesonsuccess.net. That's it for today's show. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking about chatbots and large language models. 
You may have heard about them from your friends or in the news. They have become very popular, and developers are experimenting with various uses for them. We will demonstrate a few of the more commonly used tools to show what they are capable of and how you might be able to make use of them for getting aid as a visually impaired person, for work, for school, or just plain fun. And you won't want to miss that episode. It's a lot of fun. So thanks for joining us this week, and we hope you join us again next week. You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy. You can access the full archive of previous shows, subscribe to the podcast, and much more by going to our website, www.eyesonsuccess.net. If you have questions about anything you've heard on the show or have suggestions for future shows, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. Thank you for listening and have a nice day.